Welcome, everyone. Really excited to host you all again for this, I guess, biweekly uh, meeting of the CRE 101 meetup group. Uh, today we have Dave. How do you how do you pronounce your last name? Is it Oakton? Edkin? Edkin. Dave Edkin. Dave Edkin. Um, we actually met a few weeks ago uh, regarding one of my clients who's looking for space and wanted to learn a little bit more about the the small business development center, but. He's the uh, development director at uh, the local small business development center. And I thought it'd be a great opportunity for us to just learn a little bit more about the resources that are available because, I mean, they really do have some phenomenal resources that are free to entrepreneurs. And uh, if this, this applies to you, then definitely, uh, you definitely want to learn a little bit more what they offer. So Dave, generally speaking, when we have these meetings, uh, we, we start out by trying to learn a little bit more about the person that's that's our speaker. So if you can kind of share a little bit about yourself and tell us a little bit about your background and what got you into the, I guess, the small business development center. Um, I've kind of, uh, you know, been, had a lot of, you know, big background in, in small business, you know, working and starting and, and uh, managing small businesses. Um, the opportunity kind of took, um, came up to kind of get involved. I've kind of um, um, was in, you know, tapped into the services before and, um, you know, they've always been very helpful with me, you know, so when the opportunity kind of presented itself that I can get involved, I, I did so. So it's been a really rewarding career and I've been doing this about five or six years now so far. And uh, I, uh, I learned more than, uh, than I've ever had before from everybody. So it's, it's kind of great. Yeah. And one of the things I was really impressed with about the, the, those at the Small Business Development Center is their, their depth of expertise. I mean, You've, you've run multiple businesses, right? You had a, was it hockey? Was it, you had to run a few hockey rinks as well and yep. had various other forays in business? Yeah, so it's been kind of a mishmash of different things all over. And and then that's the that's kind of what the cool part about what we do is, I mean, we get to see what works and what doesn't in, in a, a bunch of different industries, you know, as we work with clients and small business owners. So it's a real education, but it's also a great cross-pollination uh, opportunity for the people we work with because what we know what we find out works in one area sometimes it often works very well in a different industry definitely no of course so for those of you for those people who are watching that don't know what the small business development center is could you kind of give us a fifty thousand or thirty thousand foot view of, of what it is and then we can kind of dive into the different services you guys offer throughout this call but um yeah so the um you know, we're a, we're a department of the uh, SBA, the Small Business Administration, and uh, when the SBA got started way back when, in the uh, 60s, I think, um, the SBA made direct loans to basically non-bankable businesses, and as you might suspect, over time, their failure rate was pretty high, you know, the default rate on the loans was pretty high. Um, so they found that if they had a um, technical service provider, an organization like us, you know, to kind of assist uh, borrowers when they kind of get, um, you know, behind or things like that, their uh, their default rate rate really went down. Um, so over time, though, the SBA morphed into a, an organization where they don't make the direct loans anymore, but they do guarantee loans through banks. But they uh, we st we stayed on as a, um, existed as an organization and expanded our mission just from in what was started out just helping SBA loan borrowers only to basically be an economic development resource for small businesses you know, throughout the communities we're in. We're, we're in all 50 states and territories. There's, um, in addition to my center here in Louisville, I have a staff of five. Uh, there's 13 other centers in Kentucky that are spread across the state. And statewide, there's about 35 of us um, spread out all across the state. Um, and so 
uh, that, that gives us kind of a depth of knowledge and we have a pretty strong bench that um, if we have some issues here that we can tackle, we can always pull in somebody that may have the type of expertise we need from across the state to, br to bring to bear. Awesome. And then one question I often get asked related to the Small Business Administration, what, what size of businesses do you guys work with? Is it, is it small, small businesses or is it kind of a, runs the gamut? Well, I, um, you know, my, I have clients, I have uh, a client that could be like a guy with a lawnmower. And then I do have a client that um, is a plastic injection molding plant that probably has 200 employees and does, you know, 50 million a year. And the cool thing is, is that, yeah, so that you know, our law services are free. We don't charge anything for what we do because your tax dollars basically pay our salary. So you've already paid for us. Yeah, I know it's, it's a resource for the community for, for individuals who are entrepreneurs to be able to tap into. I mean, it, it is a free resource and that's something that's really cool. And it's another thing that a lot of people just don't know about. And, and they think that, oh, you know, maybe I'm, especially if you're, if you're not necessarily a startup, some people who are more established in business, they may think, oh, well, you know, that doesn't really apply to me. But in reality, it does. I mean, right. and, and to your point, I mean, a lot of people that are in the, in, in the Small Business Development Center have a lot of experience as a lot of them have, are entrepreneurs themselves. They had business business as well. So they kind of kind of can draw on that information to kind of help out whatever industry you're in. So that's really cool. Exactly. So now that we kind of elaborated a little bit on what the Small Business Development Center is, can you kind of provide us feedback on what are some of the areas that small business development centers do to help small business or small or startups and small businesses? Yeah. So if, if you're going to start a business, we're a great place to start. We, um, you know, if you need to, if you're just going to be, uh, do a little small single member LLC, we can get all that stuff registered for you, set up your business for you. And we don't really charge anything for that. So you can save uh, several hundred dollars for that. Um, also, um, if you are looking at a business and you need to kind of check the feasibility of it, we also subscribe to fairly expensive um, uh, industry databases where we can pull industry analysis, marketing data for you. We provide that all, no charge as well. And then lastly, uh, what we're really good at and we do a lot of is uh, help you find financing for your business. So if you're going to start a business, you will generally have to acquire assets um, to start that business. So uh, if you don't have all the money you need um, yourself, then you, um, you know, you might need to get a loan or something like that. So we'll, you know, we can help you um, find um, uh, like conventional financing. We're really great. We're all SBA certified. We also uh, work with uh, banks and lending institutions from all over the country. Though. So, um, you know, I often, you know, I kind of say that, you know, if you're going to put something together, it's uh, kind of like a puzzle, you know, it's generally not one funding source that, um, that you get a deal done. You might have to pull a little piece from the SBA, another loan or grant from some other source across the country, and you put all those pieces together and you finally, finally have that uh, enough money that you need. Um, if you have an existing business and you're growing, you know, growth costs money as well. So if you're going to, um, you got a new, big old new customer and you have to buy a bunch of new inventory to, to stock up with, then, um, you know, there's financing options for that. Uh, if you need a building, we can help with that. Uh, so there's, um, you know, that's the main thing we do is, uh, is help people, um, you know, fund and run their business. The other thing we've been doing a lot of, and, and it's kind of, kind of sad in a way, but, um, you know, with the opening up of online lending platforms uh, and the ease that you can get money um, from some of these online lenders, um, 
it's great to get money quickly that way, but the payment terms can be pretty hard. And so we spent a lot of time uh, refinancing people out of these um, these um, online lenders that they've um, kind of gotten stuck into and it causes them really cash flow problems. So we've done quite a few of those last year. That's awesome. So, and you elaborated a little bit on my, on financing, which was going to be my next question, which was related to what are some of the financing options available? I mean, you did mention the SBA, you did mention various other lenders that you work with. Do you have like a network of lenders that you, you have relationships with or how does that work? We do. We, um, we work with, you know, all banks and uh, most of the banks in town know us very well. Uh, they refer clients to us and, and we refer to them. Generally, uh, banks tend to like to concentrate in certain industries. Uh, they learn those industries and they're comfortable with it. So um, whereas uh, one bank may hate working with restaurants, we have banks that love them and that's do maybe 80% of their loan packages is in, you know, restaurant startup and growth. So it's just kind of knowing, um, you know, making those calls that we've, you know, we've done those. So uh, we can give you two or three references. We can make warm introductions for you. So you're not going in there cold. And then part of our service is we will help you put together that loan package with a business plan, all the marketing plan. Uh, make sure you have all, we have a nice documentation checklist. So we'll have everything, make sure you have everything you need and make that introduction. And uh, the banks love that. We have a great uh, financial projection package that we use that's um, based on uh, SBA and banking criteria. So uh, all your numbers look good and the underwriting department at a bank is very happy because they have to do very little work once we get a hold of it. Everybody's good. Yeah, definitely. And, and I'll say this, especially when, I, when I've been dealing with, with startup businesses, a lot of times they don't have a frame of reference off which to go off when it comes to financing. So a lot of times they assume it's going to be as simple or, or as streamlined as, let's, let's say, buying a home, which in reality, it's not, especially when you're talking about different industries. Like you said, different banks have different aptitudes towards different uh, industries. So some banks just don't even want to deal with it. Some banks do. Uh, their underwriting criteria may be different with one bank versus another. So there's a lot of variables in play. And so having those those systems in place is crucial. So I think that the fact you guys do provide those services is is, is phenomenal because, I mean, you definitely don't want to underestimate the timeline and, and the, the different things that a bank looks for when they're going to issue a loan. So Exactly, exactly. And, and you did elaborate a little bit on the business plan and marketing plan. Can you kind of tell me, and that's another thing with a lot of, and I've, I've spoken to business entrepreneurs for, for quite some time and, and some of them are like, why do I even need a business plan? Why do I need a marketing plan? Like, what, what is the point of having that in place? <laughs> well, um, you, you need that to plan your business. Um, you know, the best example is uh, like if, um, I don't know if you've experienced this, but let's just say you're going to remodel your kitchen and you have your contractor come in and every day you show up with a new idea and you make some changes. I mean, your initial budget's going to go way off if you're designing on the fly like that. And that analogy works exactly just like in a business. If you think it's going to cost you X number of dollars to start your business and you design on the fly like that without kind of really thinking through what things you need, uh, it'll end up generally costing you twice as much as that you or even more than you thought it would be, you know, in, in, the, in the beginning. Also, um, it's also a kind of a marketing tool slash selling package to the bank itself. I mean, you have to assure the bank that you'll, you have the capacity to repay those loans and having a strong business plan kind of demonstrates that you know what you're doing and you've thought this through and, and you can show them, you know, pretty much step by step how this business is going to be successful and generate enough cash to pay this loan back. Awesome. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and, 
I mean, it's just more of a question that I've gotten before. It's like, well, why would I need a business plan? I mean, if I have an idea of what I want to do, I mean, I'll figure it out as I go. But you're, you're right. I think it's it's important to have something in place to be able to reference as you go along so you're not kind of shooting in the dark. So right. that's right. super important. Yeah, and I, that, I'm not saying that uh, once you have that plan that that is it and you don't make any changes. Yeah, you're going to have to make changes, you know, as, as new things come up and, and you learn different things. But um, the most important process is the planning process, not so much writing the plan and having the plan, but doing the research, thinking things through and, and, and testing those assumptions uh, and being able to, to validate and sell those assumptions to somebody that will fund you. That's, that's the most valuable part of that. Definitely. No, that's awesome. So you did mention earlier, you have a wide range of different clients. You have someone who has a lawnmower versus someone who has a plastic injection uh, company that has 200 employees and does 50 million revenue, right? Can you tell us a little bit of a few, maybe a few case studies of maybe a smaller business and then maybe one of the mid-sized to larger businesses that you've helped and how, how the Small Business Development Center has helped them get to where they wanted to go? Wow, that's uh, that's a big question. You know, that's uh, I don't know that's a ton, ton of things. Um, so uh, I'll go back to the uh, the online you know lender example. You know, a lot of restaurants you know would get these calls from these online lenders and uh, say, "We'll give you you know hundred thousand dollars, and we'll just take so much money out of your you know your uh, credit card receipts you know each week, and it's easy to pay off." Um, and then it ends up being that uh, they take maybe 15% of your gross receipts each, each week. And, you know, no business can really sustain that type of, of decrease in income. So um, what we would do is go in and, um, you know, maybe, you know, work through some operational changes where we can kind of um, improve cash flow a little bit and then put together a, a loan package and um, get that funded where instead of where they might be paying 8,000 a month, in payments to the online lender, they would be paying like 700 a month to, you know, an SBA lender. So we would take those payments, uh, that that amount, pay off the, the online lender and then extend those credit terms out far enough to give them breathing room, you know, and be a successful business that way. Um, another cool example is we had um, during the pandemic when everything was shut down, we had an event company um, that did a lot of big events that you probably would have heard of. and. They had a catering license and um, bar license. And so they um, basically they were dead in the water. And we kind of, uh, you know, worked through some things with them and set them up where um, they were able to use some of their licenses to do uh, delivery, especially with um, with their liquor license, where they could kind of make some, you know, home deliveries with uh, with liquor and and put together some uh, signature cocktails and stuff. So they, they've done pretty, you know, decently and survived uh, uh, fairly nicely through the pandemic. So, you know, a lot of times it's not so much just, the, you know, this funding thing that we do a lot of, but again, um, having the opportunity to kind of uh, kick around some ideas and have somebody to talk to uh, when you're kind of facing a, a crisis like that. That's awesome, yeah. No, and, and like you said, I mean, it's not necessarily just about the financing. It's, this is resources available to everyone and it's a free resource. And if, if you don't take advantage of it, it's almost, you know, you're, you're missing out, so. Exactly. Um, what are some, so, so uh, this is another thing that I've gotten questions about. So what are some of the considerations that business owners or aspiring business owners need to need to take, take into consideration before they start a business, you know, because you can, you, you can have an idea, you can think it's a great idea, but you know, it's not like you just jump in the water. What do you, what do you, what would you recommend? 
Um, the first thing is to kind of validate the idea that um, that there's other people that actually like the idea. Um, you know, I mean, I've done this where I think this is the best best idea ever. I, I have the best meatloaf recipe in the world. And I'm going to open a meatloaf restaurant. And, you know, if you look down the street, you know, there's no meatloaf restaurants. So maybe nobody likes meatloaf as much as I do, you know. So um, we call that customer discovery where you put together some assumptions and kind of test that by talking to customers like, you know, get out of your, your office and, and go and, um, you know, talk to potential customers, get some feedback and, and try, to, try to make sure that your idea is actually feasible and has real customers that, that will pay. You know, you know when you um, are going to start a business and you ask your friends and family, they all love the idea. Uh, you know, the test is whether they'll actually pay for the idea. Yeah, no, of course. And then as far as, um, I guess, as far as any other assumptions are concerned, I, I would, I would say one thing from a financing perspective, a lot, of, like I said, the, the, the concept of home loans is not the same as business loan. It's going to be quite different in particular when you're talking about either buying a property or you're talking about, you know, getting startup capital for for your business. I think that's also something that's a misconception. So, uh, getting, getting with David or some of his staff at, at the Small Business Development Center can kind of provide you with that, that insight. Um, so that's also super important. Another, another question that I get often, uh, well, not necessarily often, but, but I've, I've had it at least once or twice. Uh, it was related to restaurant owners that own a pretty successful restaurant, right? And they're considering expanding to another location, or maybe they have two locations and are considering expanding again. And then the idea of franchising comes into play. Uh, can you kind of talk a little bit about the franchising model and then maybe talk about maybe some of the, the, the businesses that you've worked with that have kind of executed that model effectively? Yeah. So um, franchising is, um, it's out, conceptually, it's, it's fairly, you know, it sounds like it's fairly easy. You know, I have an idea and I'm going to let somebody else use my idea and they'll pay me for that. And uh, that is it on the surface. But What's, um, what is very difficult about it is you have to kind of build that business that is um, repeatable and documented that can be, you know, under pretty much uh, similar conditions will always be successful. And a lot of, a lot of businesses just aren't, aren't that. Um, so that's, uh, it's, a, it's kind of difficult um, to do that. I'm, and I th I'm, a, I'm a proponent of um, work towards that because um, if you can put together a business that um, is very documented and has, you know, good systems, uh, that's, that's going to be a strong business as it is too. So um, to put together a franchise, I mean, it can be very expensive. You have to do a lot of research. You have to kind of build a, we call it an operations manual. Every business should sort of have, you know, policies and procedures like that, but it's very detailed and um, there's a lot of laws that you have to pass with the operating document. And um, so, but it is, it is a, it is a good exercise. Um, it's one that I would recommend kind of keeping in mind as you get started, uh, because again, that's, that's how you build a good business. Awesome. And have, have you worked with people to transition them from uh, one or two locations to a franchise model before? And uh, we have, um, we're, we're working on one now that's, um, it's a, a gym member, a, a, a gym and uh, they're doing very well. And uh, so we're going to test the first one here pretty soon. But again, it was very expensive. You know, you have to have um, some decent attorneys, franchise attorneys to kind of put these legal documents together, the agreements and things. Um, 
And so it, it's a, it's, it is a good growth strategy, but um, it's not for the faint of heart and uh, it has to be pretty expensive. You know, you have to have some, some funding to, to get it done. Definitely. Awesome. So now I guess we'll go into the, the wrapping up of the main questions, but we have two, three more questions that we'll kind of dive into. And really it's just overall advice to people. So what advice would you give to a new business owner who's looking to just start up their venture? Maybe the top three things you would say uh, that you need to get addressed before you start taking the plunge. Um, do your research, you know, make sure that, um, that you know that there's going to be customers, that there's, there's demand, uh, spend some, some time to do that. Don't get in a hurry. Um, talk to other business owners and that are in the business. You know, if you, um, uh, let's, you know, if you're a certain kind of business, um, maybe you call similar businesses across the country that, you know, you're not directly competing with and ask to, you know, talk to those business owners. Most people are very helpful and they'll be glad to help you. Um, so that's, that's the main thing is kind of vet that idea. Also, don't go it alone, you know, build yourself um, a team of experts around you. Make sure you have a good attorney for your legal setups and um, a good CPA. Uh, most businesses don't fail because of, um, or, you know, most, most businesses do fail because they're kind of undercapitalized. But the second business reason that they fail is, is uh, poor books and record keeping. So, you know, people can get into trouble. Um, with the IRS or things, not because of something they you know they did, but something they didn't do because they didn't know they had to file certain things like that. So make sure you have a good strong team uh, around you. And but um, that's that's those are the two main things. You know, good research. You know, take your time. Don't get in a hurry. Um, check the feasibility, and then you know, build that team of experts. You know, we're free. We're always here. There's a you know, Louisville is very uh, welcoming and an entrepreneurial community. There's a bunch of organizations that. Um, that you can tap into. Um, there's tons of um, free trainings, uh, entrepreneurial meetups. So get involved, learn a bunch, take the plunge. Awesome. And then as far as uh, business owners that are currently established, maybe they've had their business for a few years and now they're looking to take their business to the next level. What, what, what advice would you share with them? Maybe similar to what you just shared, maybe your top two or three things that you would say. Yeah, we uh, we do a lot of that. We actually have a program called Scale Up Louisville, where um, you know there's you know businesses ten after they've been in business for maybe three years, they kind of get to the point if they're growing that um, it gets, it's easy to get out of control. The owner get out of control because it gets beyond what they can get their arms around, and that's the point where you really need to to work to professionalize that business so that it has the capacity to grow. Um, the, the, it's interesting because. Um, that's almost like uh, what we just talked about, the franchise model, where you you really have to kind of look at your business, take some time out, maybe not focus on sales and grow the business, but you know, build the back end house, the systems, that business uh, to get it ready before you have that next growth spurt. You know, um, we we call this de-risking. There's also there's a lot of inherent risks in a business that's been around for a while. So, for example, um, if you look at your customers and maybe. 80% uh, of your sales come from one customer. Well, that's a concentration risk in that customer. Or if you have one sales guy that's really good um, and most of your sales come from him, well, that's an employee risk that you might want to watch out for. Um, I, I had a bookkeeper one time that I got, that I made mad one day and she walked out on me and she had the password to QuickBooks and uh, you know, I didn't have it. I was kind of screwed. So there was kind of... Um, you know, um, cyber security risks, you know, risk on, 
um, we call that contingency plan where, you know, if there's a disaster or things like that, you know, where do you keep all the uh, documents, you know, who has access to the bank accounts, all these systemic sort of things. But uh, it's kind of, it takes a little bit of process. It takes about a year sometimes to kind of put all these things together. But um, once that, that is all done, you know, this business is, is stronger. It's worth more. It adds value to the business because a, a buyer, if he wanted to sell that day, will look at that and say, that's a well-run business. I can run that. I'll pay for that. Uh, and then also, if I suddenly get a big a big customer, I have the back end systems in place where I can now handle those those sales, handle that extra capacity. Awesome. And 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 that you made a great point in the sense that at some point, you may want to have the business in your family forever. But then there's also an opportunity down the line that if you build the systems correctly on the front end, you have the opportunity for an exit on the back end. So that's something to consider even from the beginning of of your business to be able to do. Yeah, if, if you always build it to sell, whether you sell it or not, it doesn't matter. It's it's a well-run business that you actually, it's easier for you to run. You can take vacations, things like that. You know, it's uh, it's something that somebody will pay for. And it's also, um, you know, if a business that's kind of in disarray and you want to sell, it's hard to sell, but a, a well-run business will always have uh, people that might just check in and say, hey, would you like to sell your business? And that's pretty flattering if you have a business that somebody is interested in buying. Definitely. Awesome. Well, that kind of wraps up the preset questions that I had for you. But as far as the rest of the the, the, the meeting, what I generally do is we, we usually open it up to questions. It looks like Renee may have a question for you. Uh, and then I'll check on Facebook as well to see if there's anyone on Facebook that has any questions. Okay. Renee, you have a question? I do. Hi, everybody. Hey, Renee. So I have... <laughs> thanks for inviting me, Raphael. Of course. So, David, you might already know Amanda Berry. She's oh, yeah, a friend well. of mine who you know very well. That's great. Because my question is actually about what she does. So she pairs aspiring business owners with franchises that are looking to franchise in different areas of the country. And I was curious to know if you supply of resources and services to those folks, as well as people who are opening up a, you know, a new concept type of uh, small business. Absolutely, we work with Amanda a lot. Um, you know, um, she they have a program called FranFit that we've all gone through and gotten certified on. And so um, often uh, somebody wants to buy a franchise, she has them set up and ready to go. You know, we work on the financing package for them, put that together and make it all happen. That's awesome. Yeah, she, she's great. Amanda's great. She, she, she does work uh, a lot with people who are just looking to either A, you, you own a business for a while and you want to transition to a new one, or you're, you're maybe a, a first-time uh, business owner. And the franchise model, especially the ones that she works with, do have a pretty high success rate, depending on the, 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 top, the franchise. But um, awesome. Let me see if I am check Facebook as well, just to make sure. Yeah, and I'll yeah. have a question too. Jim, you have a question? Sure, yeah, go ahead. Sure. Um, you know, I about a year ago, I was in the process of buying a business, a small business from an owner who uh, is a couple of years away from retirement, and negotiations actually broke down. We were just too far apart in pricing. Uh, neither one of us had any experience in purchasing or selling a small business. I mean, he was just a small business owner for the past 20 years, mm -hmm. and um, so I did what any newbie would do. I used Google and uh, spent hours and days uh, putting together what I thought would be a, a fair package price. 
based on what I found, I showed him everything. You know, I didn't hold anything back. I wasn't trying to be uh, dishonest. I wasn't trying to take on the, the role of, of power negotiating for the best price. Uh, but I, I think I, I just our needs were, were too different. Um, so kind of a two-pronged question. One is more of the general, um, maybe where do you recommend to go for resources for that scenario, uh, for, for pricing? And the, the second question will actually segue into something a little bit more pointed. Since negotiations broke down, um, I'm, I'm potentially in the hunt for uh, opening or buying a new business. I'm leaning toward um, purchasing an existing business because at my age, I'm 49, uh, you know, the whole start from scratch thing, I, I just know that the percentage of success is lower then buying something that's already proven has somewhat of a track record, has some infrastructure in place. Yeah, you, you, you know, you know where I'm going with this. Mm -hmm. uh, um, so, so the second question or second part of the question, I guess, would be where do you recommend that I look for? And I'm, I'm not partial to uh, uh, franchises. That, that's a little too restrictive for me, but a small business, maybe from a, somebody who's looking to retire and, and uh, transition out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, um, that's, that's a question I get a lot. And, um, you know, that's, um, you know, there is opportunities out there, just like you example, you, you mentioned about the owner that was of retirement age and just demographically, um, I think I saw a statistic where, I don't know, 60 to 70% of all businesses of smaller businesses are owned by people that are in their sixties or seventies. I mean, it's a, it's a huge number. So there's opportunity out there. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you what the, um, the private equity firms do, and I think that's what you know, the, the, your best source uh, is, is that, um, I mean, they, they have guys that, that do the research. Um, you know, they'll pull a list of, of companies and just make those calls and introductions. Uh, if, you, if you have a library card, um, you can uh, uh, access a database there called Reference USA. Uh, you can sort by company industry, you know, name and by company like the industry, geographically, even drill down to zip codes um, on size, on employees, sales, all, all those sort of things. So you can get kind of a list that you might want to contact. And, um, you know, the private equity guys tell me that it's not just, you know, one contact. You just, you know, it's um, you have to have a conversation and just keep keep at it. And after, uh, you know. Uh, I think that they tell me they look at, you know, 2,000 deals to maybe, you know, buy one or two. I mean, it's a, there's a lot of people out there looking for opportunities like that. So persevere. That's, that's the best advice I can, I can tell you. Yeah. I don't mind doing the, the work. I was just uh, trying to uh, ask for maybe a, a direction to point to. So I'll, I will do that. Yeah. That reference USA is a great way to get, get a list, um, that you can start. And it has, you know, it has the phone number and, and the owner's name where you can give them a call. No, these are actively, uh, for sale businesses. Is that what you're talking about? So no, um, the businesses, so this is more for price. You're talking about for pricing for existing business industry and industry. Uh, no, if you're just looking for something to buy, you know, the way to find a good deal is, is, the try to develop that relationship where you can get the deal off market, you know, develop those, you know, that's, that's what sure. the private equity guys do. Um, for pricing models, um, there's some databases out there where you can buy, um, you know, quick value, some information. Uh, we don't actually subscribe to that, but um, the industry standard is called Pratt's Stats. And uh, 
Um, so what they do is um, they they use a range of multiples. So they don't. So if you have a um, a body shop, for example, that's doing you know a million in sales, um, it'll give you a range. It'll say generally the range uh, on an EBITDA is between <coughs> two and and seven or something. And depending on those factors that I talked about earlier on, um, you know, how well the, the business is put together, um, that determines on where along that range does that business fall as far as the multiples go. And, and I'll, I'll also say, have you talked to, because there's, there's such things as business brokers too. So, um, they also may have people that they've been talking to in a while. And that, that's their whole business is they just essentially talk to business owners and see if they're interested in selling their business. So I right would on. probably reach out to some business brokers. I have, I have one contact that I can put you in contact with if you like. Um, but yeah, I, I would just try to talk to them about it, various information that they have available and they'll probably be able to point you in the right direction too. Sure, sure. Uh, I'll Actually, I'd be interested in following up on that. I thought, well, we had Dave here. I would uh, pick his brain. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, and it, I mean, you could utilize the, those resources at the Small Business Development Center, I'm sure. If he's looking yeah. to buy, I'm, I'm assuming you probably could help him with that as well as far as the resources are concerned. But, you know, really, um, uh, you know, Raphael, the, you know, in real estate, you know, the best deals are the ones that are off market that hadn't hit the market yet. So that's that's why I recommend it. You know, if you just, if you are really interested, uh, you know, do the work and and um, you should be able to find a, find a hit or two. Yeah, no, for sure. No, I, I definitely agree. All right, let me check the Facebook comments over here. All right, looks like, I think, I think that's it. We, that, I don't know if we don't have any other questions. I just want to. So do you have any, I guess, other things that you wish I would have asked you that you, you think would be valuable to the, to the group? Just kind of out of passing. Uh, I don't know. I, I just, I, I would just, um, you know, like I said, uh, Louisville is a great town, you know, to be in business and, and to be an entrepreneur. And there's a lot of, um, a lot of entrepreneurial groups and, and other people just like, you know, you guys are interested in and, you know, get involved and, and get around and, and uh, learn what's going on and take advantage of all, all that's available. Awesome. And then as far as if people wanted to get in contact with you or, or anyone in, in your office, like how, how could they get in contact with you? Uh, website is louisvillesmallbusiness.com and you can just uh, poke us there um, <clears throat> or um, uh, you know I can you know my, my name is a little hard to spell so you know email is not that kind uh, of hard to, to, to say but uh, yeah louisvillesmallbusiness.com check it out. Awesome and and I will this this will be recorded on YouTube as well uh, so I'll be posting all that information in the show notes so that you guys can come back and rewatch this into perpetuity so awesome. Well, thanks again for everyone for just hopping on and thanks Dave again for, for stopping by and sharing a lot of great information and I guess we'll see you guys soon. Yep. Thank right. you. Good to see, see you guys. Thanks, Dave. Bye-bye. Thanks, Rob. Yeah.